The Commentary Booth is a show for media lovers by media lovers just like you. If you want to support the show, go to pariomagazine.com.au. Welcome to the Commentary Booth, where we watch and you guessed it, commentate on the week that was in movies and TV. I'm your host and play-by-play commentator, Jamie Apps. Each week, I'll be joined by a rotating cast of colour commentators to help you find your next viewing treat. This week, I'm joined by a freelance social commentator who lists her favourite movie as American Psycho and favourite TV show as Peaky Blinders. Welcome back to the show, Blake Robinson. Welcome back to the show, Jamie Apps. Thank you for having me. Uh, how was you went to the Grand Prix? Yeah, I went to the Grand Prix in Melbourne. Yeah, it was uh, incredible. Um, a lot of people there. Yeah, I'll say that. Yeah, it was. It was what four hundred thousand over the four days or something. It was insane, man. It was insane. Um, it was very it was pretty under undercated too. Oh, I just don't think they were prepared for the amount of people. <laughs> Yeah, uh, bar lines, food lines, just uh, biblical, yeah. They were probably expecting like what they used to get and then because everyone was like, no, I'm keen to get to this, it was just ballistic. Everyone had ants in their pants. It was sick, sick event though. Um, recommend watching live Formula 1 racing to anyone. Uh, yeah, it was good fun. Perfect weather. Yeah, boring race. What more could you want? <laughs> it was a boring race. Drive to survive hype is so real. Yeah, I think it was like a combination of three years without the Grand Prix. So everyone was keen to get, or all the motorsport fans were keen to get back. And then the drive to survive brought up all the others. Yeah, you, it's clearly your rev heads there, but there is definitely um drive to survive crowd and you can see that. But that's good. It's good for the sport. And um, yeah, it's just mind-blowing how much that show has grown the sport. And I think it's just now more and more sports are starting to follow suit. And I know golf has signed on for the PGA Tour for the same producers as Drive for Wife. So that's going to be good. And they're just going to follow a few, um, yeah, a few of the top guys around on tour and full access. So that'd be good. That's going to grow golf massively. Golf's thriving at the moment. But um, yeah, keep it coming. Let's get a darts one happening. Rugby League's always, always wanted a darts one. Yeah, why not? Some, there's some characters in the darts, so that'll be interesting. Absolutely, absolutely. The darts and snooker. But yeah, I'm surprised the NRL haven't done one because the AFL did one. Well, AFL, um, yeah, NRL had that um, Tales of Tiger Town that followed pretty much like Michael McGuire and the Tigers last year, which was really popular. And I think um, I heard they're going to be for another team this year. But yeah, more of that stuff. People love that. I know a lot of people like Tigers. Everyone loves to hate the Tigers, but everyone secretly wants them to win. But uh, <laughs> but I know all my friends enjoy watching that and all neutral and all friends. Oh, yeah. Cronulla scum. Nobody wants the Tigers to win. Except me. Yeah, so this week we're sort of going to dig into some content that's beginning to get a bit of well-deserved recognition. Like when one of these shows came out, I didn't see much hype about it. And then the finale hit and everyone was like, watch this show. So we're going to do do that. But looking back, I, I think this is going to be an episode that people need to pay attention to because last time we did an episode like this, 
back in December 2020, we were hyping up Tom Hardy's Taboo. No one listened to us. And now that it's on Netflix, everyone's like, this show's incredible. I'm like, we told you. The amount of people that have sent me Taboo or mentioned it to me, I'm like, yeah, I watched it a couple of years ago and it, it was out a few years before that. <laughs> Catch up. Listen to the commentary booth and you'll know. I'm actually tempted to read. I'm just having, I'm flat out watching things, mate, but I'm actually tempted to rewatch it if I, if I can. It was just so good. Yeah, it keeps popping up on Netflix in my recommended, and I'm like, oh. it's a uh, it's a good one, and uh, maybe they've done it like to tie over fans of Peaky Blinders before that hits because that got delayed again on Netflix. So maybe they've just drip fed that onto Netflix to um, hide the fact that Peaky Blinders keeps getting pushed back by months and months. <laughs> Hopefully, Peaky Blinders is soon. I'm almost caught up. I have a season to go. Yeah, well, I think it's the finale. Just did it just air last week in uh, the UK on BBC? Oh yeah, probably. It sounds about right. I think so. I'm pretty sure it's all out in the UK now. So I don't know, July or June. I heard on Netflix, but I heard also heard March. So hopefully, hopefully soon, I'll catch up right in time for the new. Once they announce an official date, I'll be like, okay, I've got to watch these six hours right before that. Oh yeah, they'll be they'll be bumping up on the home screen. The algorithm will get involved, do its best work, as is tradition. So yeah, we'll dive into the the new topics. Mm-hmm. The show we were mentioning about sort of finally getting a bit of hype. Severance, the sci-fi psychological thriller directed by Ben Stiller on Apple TV. Mm-hmm. What did you sort of think on an overall top level? Incredible. But I'm only saying that after watching like the last three episodes. Oh, honestly, I, I was I was I was really keen on it, and I was very interested in it as I was watching like episodes one through six or whatnot. But I was really it was just super cool concept, and I was like, this is mad. But it was sort of dragging on a bit without much real big bang happening in the show. But the last few episodes, which I actually watched the last four episodes last night back to back, which I'm so glad I did because each episode we had a big cliffhanger. <laughs> There's a lot of suspense. I'm glad I didn't have to wait a week or wait like to watch them. I was the same. I was glad I waited and glad I waited till the f- full season was out because yeah, it starts off pretty slow and just ramps up as it goes along. Yeah. We've no real cliffhangers in the first several episodes, but it's very interesting. Nonetheless, like it's not, it's not a, I wouldn't say it's a slow burn, it's just not a lot of huge stuff happening early on, but oh, <laughs> towards the end, which, um, yes, yeah, spoiler alert, uh, season two, very keen. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I had no idea if it was going to be like a just a one season banger early on watching it because there was no real indication of what was happening. But I don't know if they wrote, were writing it as I was going and changing things. Or if they already how many how long it's planned out originally? Yeah, I I feel like most of the time when someone's writing sort of these sort of thriller things that have lots of questions and intrigue, I think they sort of view them as let's write the story as if we're going to get a second season. Yeah, for sure. And hope that that sort of spurs the interest on and gets the network to renew them, which this obviously did. It has been renewed for a second season, so it is coming. I actually seen that pop up. Before I'd finished, I didn't really want to click on it and know too much about it. But um, yeah, well, being like four or five main characters too, you can sort of have that opportunity to write more and more. Just because I know we only 
I think the Cliff, I think one of the Dylan character, um, who was a personal favourite of mine too, might I add, loved Dylan. I think they sort of drip fed him towards the end. And um, I think we're going to get a lot to know a lot more about his outie, as they call it. Whereas I think the last couple of episodes, the Adam Scott character um, and the two others, we sort of got to know a bit about their outie lives. Whereas Dylan, the food sort of got drip fed early on. Yeah, so basically sort of top level, the show follows an employee named Mark of Lumen Industries, agrees to the the severance procedure so that his non-work memories are separated from his work memories and basically he has an innie, which is his work memories, and an outie persona and they have no idea of what each other is doing or even like what their personality traits are, like the mm-hmm. kind of separate people. It's the series is nine episodes, about 45 to an hour each. And yeah, it, it feels like because it is nine episodes, it, it sort of feels like it's broken down into three chapters. Like if you watch those first three episodes in one sitting, then the next sure. three, and then the final three, it sort of all builds up and crescendos at the very end. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, and like I said, nothing really drags on. You don't really get sick of watching them, but and they're, per- they're like good length episodes too because any shorter you just, um, I think that's where they went wrong with um, Servant, the short episodes, they're like 25-minute episodes. And Yeah, it feels very rushed at times. They've got to be double that and there's just too much to explain. There's too much dialogue, too much going on for short episodes, but they've really done well here. Yeah, Servant feels like rushed or at times an episode happens and you're like, well, that didn't tell me anything. So, what was the point? Yeah, it's what the whole show is like. You don't really, you're left guessing. Whereas this one, this one keeps you intrigued and interested every episode. You're like, okay, I, I learned something from this and it's left some questions. Yeah, what do you think of the Lumen Industries? I, I, the first thing I thought, like, this has got to be what it's like working for Apple. <laughs> I, I think that's kind of. That's that's the, the satire of it. Eh? Like, um, very like sterile and mysterious and they pan out like it's a huge yeah very stuff huge like building that sort of like the apple building and yeah i think it's almost almost a bit of a, a piss take of apple i think in a way which is funny because it's on apple tv exactly <laughs> well, there you go that's, that's how they put them two and two together i was like that's interesting but then at the same time it's like very very modern and sci-fi and the fact that they have this little chip they insert into their brains and everything that's going on, the time machines of the elevator, but at the same time, they've got like 1990s computers and like early technology and almost like, um, remember um, Stanley Kubrick's 2001 Space Odyssey, how it was, it was like in the 60s, but they are, it's their take of like the future. I felt that's a lot like this. It felt a lot like, like watching a modern Space Odyssey film. Yep. Yeah, it was very strange. A lot of high-tech future inventions but with very basic technology i guess <laughs> it was very well done though like it wasn't like it was just it all blended perfectly a lot of work went into the branding i think of lumen everything like it's yeah they put a lot of work into the backstory and like it's almost like lumen's an actual company <laughs> yeah it's it's definitely not a just a slap together show there's a lot of production value in this yeah yeah, that, that work office space felt so weird. Like, it's just so empty and bland. I was like, this looks so strange. 
and the and the what the work they're actually doing there is it's almost like a word and number puzzle. I don't know. It's like they're just sitting there playing uh, this super duper wordle all day, and they have to meet like a quota of cracking the code and the puzzles. It's very strange. Yeah, what are they doing? They're refining data, but the data is encoded into just sort of Sudoku esque number puzzles, and they have to find the numbers that are scary. MDR they refer to mac- macro data refinement. Yeah. Yep. But then they sort of show other areas of this apple bootleg um sterile company and christopher walken actually has a bit of a role in this which is super cool i think feel all his um all his roles in every movie is just perfect and they're just small and he just fits the character so well yep but um but his department there's like seven of those and what do they do they like just reframe old oil paintings it's so strange that was weird i think they're like creating the artwork that from the history of the company yeah, it tells the backstory of the company. That's sort of what I picked up as well. And like the rules and stuff of the company in art form as well. Like it was everything about it. And then there's a random room with just a dude feeding goats. Yeah, but then they suggested that <laughs> uh, going on? when they had that end of sort of end of quarter celebration party, they had these special like egg cocktails. And they're like, yeah, these are the eggs from the goats that that guy grows. So. <laughs> It's very what? strange, very strange, the goings-on. Yeah, it's, it's, it, that's kind of one of the big questions. It's like, what is, what is going on in this company? Like, what are they actually doing? That's what they, the, the, the workers themselves, that's what they, the questions they ask in the show, like, why are we doing this? Like, why? So we, that's a, that was always a big unknown too throughout the whole first season is um, like, what the hell is actually going on? Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't really start to wonder too much because there was so much going on. Like you didn't really stop and think, like you didn't really care what was actually happening and like why it was happening because it was just so entertaining and so cool. There's moments where I was like, I want to know what this job is, but I'm also like, I'm, I'm more intrigued about why, why are these memories sort of slowly leaching into each other and causing mental breakdowns? Yeah, there's just so much going on. You didn't really stop to think, why is this happening? But um, I think we're going to get a lot of those answers in the next season. It should be good. And um, big, big old, big old cliffhanger <laughs> in the final episode. Massive. Oh, I was on the edge of my seat. In the, in the first episode, what did you think of the, um, the procedure to put the chip in? Yeah, they just drilled straight in the head, didn't they? And <laughs> yeah, and like they showed it. It was <laughs> very was cringe. Like, Wide awake. And then they show like the X-ray and show how deep in it's going on. Holy cow. Lucky you have no nerve endings in your brain. They sort of interview the outie and um, I put them on camera saying, I'm okay with this. This is okay. So for when the innie um, questions it and doesn't want it anymore, I wants to quit. But there were a couple of the characters like the bosses, I think they weren't severed, were they? But they had to act like they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Devon Hale, like she isn't severed but she kind of acts like she is at the beginning. And then we sort of slowly start to realize that she's not. And she's kind of, she's kind of there just to monitor Mark in and out of. I like the, um, the Milchik character who was almost like the, the foreman or the supervisor, the security guard, the butler. He was weird. Sort of, he was like the main contact for everyone. I really, um, really enjoyed his character. Yeah. He was the interesting like. Yeah, very interesting. I, I like that one. 
So we see a lot of him. What did you think of the waffle party at the very end? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that got real weird real quick, but I could have watched it for hours. Super weird. It starts off so bland, like, okay, he's just getting served a nice plate of waffles, and then he gets to sleep in this house. Then he gets to the end of the plate, and it says, go lay on the bed. And he looks up, and he goes on the bed, and there's like a- The mask of the owner of Lumen. It's a paper mache mask of the founder of the company, and he puts that on. And then he gets like this sort of almost erotic lap dance performance- one-on-one show with all these like women who also have these big paper mache marks on. I was like, what the hell is going on here? It got so weird. And he's got like his mystery mysterious little box of his gift, which they never really showed. And it Yeah, we still don't know what's in that box. Kept you guessing, like, what the hell is in this? I had no idea. And um, yeah, you did yeah, we do know what's in the box, but at this stage you didn't. He put out the little glass group photo, yeah, the crystal group photo with the light, um, which yeah didn't wasn't really much explained about that. Yeah, but then he this quickly ducks, sneaks out the side of the house during this like erotic dance, and he's back in like the sterile Apple Building walkways again. I was like, I'm all in for a waffle party if I just get a serving of waffles, and then it got hectic. I was like, okay, I'm, I don't want a waffle party anymore. It was weird. Another thing doesn't really make sense is got as Ben Stiller's got his hands all over this, and I, I'm just so impressed by that. Oh yeah, Ben Stiller directing. When I heard that, I was like, oh, this this could be a more comedy leaning show. And then as I started watching, I was like, this isn't comedy. I wouldn't say it's comedy; it's humorous. Yeah, there's definitely definitely moments where you chuckle, but a lot of the time you're just like, what is happening in this show? This is creepy and strange. Uh, it's brilliant. It's so brilliant. Yeah, very entertaining, and like just super weird, and you th- you, th- you think you're saying it all, and yeah. Without giving away like huge spoilers, that last ten minutes it was a ride that flips the whole show on its head. Um, everything makes sense. It almost makes me, especially what they um explain about the Heli character. Mm-hmm. That makes you want to go back to episode one and start watching again, knowing what you know. Yep. And why she, the outie refuses to quit and stuff like that. Exactly. And and like why it was such a big deal when, spoiler alert, she tried to kill herself. Yeah, that was pretty intense, wasn't it? That was wild, man. Wild. can't believe they showed all that. They full on showed that. Yeah, there's some confronting scenes. They do give warnings at the start of those episodes, though, for that sort of stuff, which is, I think, is a very on brand for Apple. Even when it's just like a previously on flash of that moment, they're like, yeah, just be careful. This scene is going to pop up again. So, yeah, the Heli character, that was a bit of a ride. But what I enjoyed most about that final episode was um, they show who the Adam Scott character, Mark, his wife, who died, who passed away. They show that was I was the what interests me the most. That was the bit of storyline that interests me the most. And that's another one you can go back and watch from early on because, spoiler alert, his wife is the therapist. Yeah, their interactions take a whole different meaning but and they sort of kept getting on the brink and sort of kept drip feeding that he was going to his Audi was going to be shown his innie on the outside was going to get shown a photo of his wife and they sort of kept mm-hmm. teasing that and um and at the same time dylan's like holding on to the um what do they call it the overtime it's like the overtime 
contingency or something. It allows the Audis to be in their innies bodies on the outside. And he's sort of just letting go and they're sort of just about to show the photo. And I was like, oh, this is so good. And at the same time, like, Heli's about to go on stage and uh, what's his name? Um, Irving is about to uh, go up to Bert's house. There's another one that that's that uh, was a weird, um, little weird adaption, the sort of love affair between the Christopher Walken character and um, who plays Irving? Um, Irving is John Turturro. Yes. That's right. And um, that was interesting, wasn't it? <laughs> I was like, are they sort of, are these two like two closet gay lovers or are they just very interested in each other as friends and professionals? It may, had me questioning at the beginning, like, are these two actually like dating outside and they don't know? Oh, see, that never crossed my mind. And that's why they're not supposed to cross paths, but then they cross paths and they fall in love and then you get the spoiler they of, sort of did they're make not together. Point. That, that department wasn't allowed to, the MDR department wasn't allowed to go down to that sort of photo department, mm-hmm. but he just kept wanting to go down there. Yeah, it's a. Also, I noticed Irving, he and his outie, all he did was paint those horrific paintings over and over again, which was very interesting considering he always, always gravitated down to the painting department. Yeah, he was painting the hallway. The hallway to um the break room? Yeah, the break room. That's what he kept painting. And I was like, this is this full on like why? Which the break room is essentially like a, a hole. Why does his outie have the compulsion to constantly paint that though? Yeah. So there's a lot of sub subconscious thoughts happening. Yeah. These memories are sort of slipping and merging into each other and it's causing both all the characters, these weird moments. And why did he have a list of severed employees as well like he had a list of all the employees i was like what is going on here and they had their names on the map right? and bert's name the um the christopher walken character his lover name was already written on the map that was interesting in the bottom of that chest with his father's like navy outfit <laughs> mm. a lot of stuff like that sort of goes unexplained but at the same time it could be just choose your own adventure and is what it is yeah it made me sort of think maybe he's supposed to be like a spy trying to work out what's going on or lots of questions. Also, I enjoyed the um, motorhead Ace of Spades being played when Irving was doing those. Um, <laughs> when he's painting. Hallway paintings. That was brilliant. Old bloke splashing black paint on the wall. And and then like when he's the innie, he gets the flashbacks of the like black goo. And at the beginning, you're like, I have no idea what that is. And then at the end, you're like, oh, it's paint. Oi, I didn't even put those two and two together. Because he was the only one. It's like tar. Yeah, it's like black tar or paint coming down and dripping on him in the office. So that's, yeah, that's like his, um, it's almost like there's a glitch in his little severance chip. Yeah, it's like, I think it's when he sort of starts to, when he starts to like fall asleep, his like brain starts dreaming and it's his out, outer life. Yeah, I didn't pick that one up either. Like, yeah, there's, there's all sorts of weird stuff going on for those blokes. So very excited for season two. Don't know when we'll get it, but I'm excited for it. I did like, yeah, I did like how the end of season one, they started to show a lot more about the Audi lives. That was cool. Yeah. Season two has to be them explaining. I think it's going to be more of the 80%, 80% Audi life and 20% in life. So you'll probably see a lot less of Lumen, I think, in season, season two. Yep. And we'll get more explanation on what they're doing, what the motivations for everyone are. 
Yeah, that was an absolute ride, those last few episodes. Uh, again, Apple TV killing it with these sort of shows. Like, I've said it time time before. I'm, I'm sick. I'm sick of repeating myself, Jamie. <laughs> these people need to just be on Apple TV. It's the best. Yeah, they don't put out a lot of stuff, but everything they have put out is like top notch quality. They're not putting out rubbish. Don't get me wrong. I have, they have. There has been a couple of duds, but there have been some duds, but all in all, it's brilliant. Yeah, the majority of stuff they put out is incredible. And now a quick word from our sponsors. First up is decorate and dance. For them, life is a party. With the world reopening and parties now becoming much more viable, if you're hosting a party, then all of the ingredients you need for a good time start with the three Ds. Design, decorate, and dance. You can't have a party without a theme, design, balloons, florals, and decorations, and some good tunes, dancing. The team over at Decorate and Dance can provide it all. Specialising in kids' parties, adult parties, hens' nights, baby showers, corporate events and weddings, Decorate and Dance are your one-stop shop. Book a designer, decorations and a DJ for your party to be remembered at www.decorateanddance.com.au Next up is LF9 Designs. Are you in need of a new logo, event posters, Twitch overlays or emotes, or perhaps even merchandise designs. Look no further than LF9 Design for all of your graphic design needs. The team at LF9 Design can create anything that you need to suit all styles. Check them out on Instagram at LF9 Design. Maison de Femmes create romantic, handmade, gold-filled jewellery for lovers and dreamers. Each piece is handmade and personally shipped by Jess Kuminovsky of Australia. If you are looking for an amazing and unique piece for a loved one, then look no further than Maison de Femmes. Maison de Femmes can be found online at maisondefemmes.com. That's M-A-I-S-O-N-D-E-F-E-M-M-E-S.com. And finally, Tegan Tag Photography. If you are ready for something a little different, ready to stray from the path of a traditional photo session, then get in touch with Tegan Tag Photography. Tegan specializes in water photography, family photo sessions, maternity shoots, and any type of photography incorporating mother nature. Bookings with Tegan can be made online at tegantag.com.au. That's www.teganttag.com.au. Speaking of duds, though, yeah, Amazon's latest movie, Deep Water, yeah, with uh, Ben Affleck and Anna De Amis as the lead characters. I was so disappointed in this movie. At the time, they were dating in real life too. At the time of filming, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, gee, I don't know. I had a lot of high hopes for this for some reason. Was the trailer very good? Or- yes, the trailer was awesome and made me question a lot. And I thought they were like in an affair and he killed his wife to be in this late relationship. And then I watched the movie and I was like, yeah, I, I got big gone girl vibes early. I think that's what the, the aim was to be like gone girl, but it just doesn't hit anywhere near as well. So this movie was actually, it's based on a novel in like from the fifties, I think. And I think the movie got made from the novel in the eighties. And this is sort of just its own modern take, but from what I've gathered and read about the original, the novel, um, 
I think it's just the movie in modern times is the original story is too outdated and it just doesn't really add up in modern times. Mm-hmm. Like it just wasn't practical to make that movie in the 2020s. So yeah, basically what Ben Affleck plays is husband of a cheating wife, but he lets her get away with it just to avoid separation and for the family. Yeah, like that obviously in like an open relationship, she's allowed to have boyfriends. Yeah. Um, so that, and he's just along for the ride so that they don't have to divorce, but then he becomes the prime suspect in the disappearance of all of her previous lovers. Mm-hmm. Then I think the first one, they sort of disappeared. He starts jokingly with a suspect, jokingly telling everyone that he murdered him. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, oh, that, shut up. Like, that's, bit touchy, bit sensitive, and he's like, yeah, well, I did it. Then it just sort of becomes a bit spooky. Then, Yeah, everyone's everyone's kind of like, oh, you wouldn't say that if you actually did it. So it's clearly, he clearly didn't do it. Yeah, then he's like, oh, well, he's like, yeah, well, I did it. Then um, a couple others go missing, and then they sort of point the finger, I guess, and start bringing him in for questioning. But I don't know, there just wasn't enough backstory of either the characters or. And the ending, it just, it just ended. It was like, oh. There's no real resolution. It, the, you know what the ending reminded me of? Like the end of an episode, if, if this was a TV show, and they were going to get another episode. Yeah. Yeah. I watched an hour and a half, and then I was just kind of like, oh, I need part two. It was weird. Yeah. Um, I wasn't satisfied at all with the ending. And then that left a sour, sour taste in my mouth for the entire movie. Like I was enjoying it, and then I was like, okay, we need to build up and get to some answers and resolutions and nothing. There was no real backstory, no real connection established early on for any of the characters. So I kind of couldn't really, I didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> they didn't mm. say why he had money or why. They do like real briefly about halfway through, he developed some drone system and yeah. got paid a fortune by the government and was like, oh, okay. And then that's it. That's it. But I think you naturally gravitate and start off feeling sorry for this Ben Affleck character because he's, very good-looking wife just mucks around in front of him at parties with other blokes, and he's sort of seemingly okay with it. Yeah, like the first couple of times you're like, he doesn't know about this. This is messed up. Yeah, but then it happens in front. And And then they show him looking out the window at her kissing this guy, and you're like, wait a second. And she invites them over for like family dinner with them, which is just strange. And he's like, what is going on? Also okay with that. I'm like, yeah, what's the dynamic here? Like, Maybe like they're together, but he can't give her what she wants, like in bed for whatever reason. So he's like, all right, you can go out and muck around, but at the end of the day, you have to come home to me. It was weird. It was like an open relationship, open marriage. But then there was also like weird moments of like jealousy as well. Where it was like jealousy to the point where he murders all these men. Yeah. And he's like scoping them out and stuff without her knowing. I was like, this is weird. But then in the car ride back from one of the dates that she goes on, it's like they get off on knowing that she's with other guys. It was like, yeah, it was like a, like a bit of a fetish fetish for him. It was very weird. And, um, and then he kills the boyfriend in the pool. That was, that was kind of interesting. I like that whole, that was a cool sequence. I like, see, that was like the first bit of, I guess, um, heart rush or whatever in the like it, it was a bit happening 
And you're like, well, this is cool. And you act like you're actually actually wondering what was going on. So that was probably the and which uh that man you mentioned who drowned, Jacob Alordi, Australian hero for uh, euphoria fame. Ah, I just I loved that like the Ben Affleck character murders this this bloke in the pool and then goes inside where everyone else already is and intentionally like grabs the hot cookie sheet out of the oven so that he gets burnt and then like that's a moment where everyone's like, no, he was in here all the time. Yeah, I actually did notice that too. Because it's like a weird moment where like that wouldn't normally happen, but because it happens, it's something that sticks in people's memories. Yeah. So that then when the police come, they're like, oh, no, he was in here the whole time when he burned his hand. And then he has the proof like, yeah, I burnt my hand. Yeah, like yeah, like I know what you mean. Like it was so obvious that that happened, but you're still like, oh, no, you completely rule out that fact that he could have done it. Yeah, because it's like everyone knows that a baking sheet is going to be hot. They're not going to pull it out of the oven without gloves on. And he just does it. And it's like, okay, he's doing that for a reason. Then the movie goes further and further. And when he kills him, you're like, oh, she doesn't know that he's doing this. And she just thinks her boyfriends are disappearing or leaving. Yeah. But then you come to know that she kind of does know and is kind of okay with it and kind of enjoys it. Like it was just everything about this relationship and this movie was off. At the same time, she had her favourites. I think she was really attached to the younger guy, the Jacob Elordi, who Vic Ben Affleck drowns. Like I was, I had such high hopes for it when I saw this trailer, and then yeah, I think a lot of people, from what I've seen, like pop up, everyone's disappointed with it. Everyone's got the same <laughs> opinion. And I think the ending is the big issue. Like it just doesn't feel like there's any resolution. It just feels so unfinished. And then that tarnishes the rest of the movie. Rushed for starters. And they, um, yeah, that's what yeah, exactly. It just made the whole movie seem meaningless. And like the whole way through the movie as well, they're teasing his snail collection stuff. And then like they talk about how they someone t- talks about how they're poisonous or something. If, oh, when they're talking about, um, eating, eating snails and like if you eat them raw they'll kill you and i was like okay they're teasing 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 at some point someone's getting fed raw snails and that's going to be how this relationship ends and then it, nothing happens with the snails she finds the first boyfriend's passport in the snail den and that's it it's like that was the whole reason for teasing us about snails the whole time like someone needed to be poisoned with snails for me to be happy with this movie. Fair what else? I need not to know more about these stupid ass snails, to be honest with you, because they they make a point of it several times that he collects snails. Yeah, like as pets or scientific. Yeah, but it, and then nothing happens with it. I, look, honestly, it looks the it was a short film, wasn't it? It was like an hour and a half, hour forty or something. Well, it wasn't long. It should have been two hours twenty at least. And I reckon they've cut so much out of this for whatever reason. And like, it's supposed to be like erotic thriller but it's sort of didn't live up to the ratings i don't think of it was radar and had all these warnings in it but i reckon they've cut heaps of it out of it would have had to i was glad i didn't go to a movie cinema to watch it i was glad it was just on a streaming service because i'd have been so annoyed if i paid for it yeah it was i'm not mad I, like i wasn't i was entertaining it wasn't like shit to watch but at the end you're like oh i was a bit average <laughs> This is bloody two weeks in a row where I've watched something and just been angry after watching them. God damn it, I hate that. Pull your weight. Watch this and it annoyed the crap out of me. And then last week I watched Underbelly Vanishing Act and that like infuriated me. 
Bro, that did not need to be two episodes long. Let me tell you. That did not need to exist at all. <laughs> it was entertaining though. I, enjoy, I actually enjoyed it, but it was crap. That The last like 15 minutes just pissed me off. Horrendous, bro. When they were just like, oh yeah, none of that existed. The whole thing didn't exist. It was like an episode. It was two episodes. It was a two-part series and an episode and a half didn't need to exist. Oh my god! But I, yeah, it was typical underbelly though. Fingers crossed. My next two episodes on the podcast um, improve. I've got the Northman coming up next week. Way so keen. I've heard great things. And Doctor Strange the following week. Yeah, the Northman heard great things. That looks. That's. I can't see that being crap. I know I've said that before, but I'll be shocked. We'll find out shortly. But no, this this episode has definitely been safe for Severance. Severance was outstanding. Yeah, definitely. In terms of this episode, what would be your top recommendations for the week? It's a no-brainer. You'd have to watch Severance. 100%. If you haven't watched it already, watch it now. Get prepared for season two. Yeah, it was outstanding. Um, I think, like I said, watch it in three parts. At least try to watch three episodes at a time. Yeah, for sure. That's great. Yeah. And that would fit. But I think, yeah, the last three episodes were banging and you're not going to want to watch those last three episodes one at a time. You you <laughs> don't just, don't, don't just think you've got an hour before work or an hour before bed and you watch a quick episode. It's not going to happen. You're going to be going to bed at midnight because you've finished it. If you watch seasons, if you watch episode seven, you're watching eight and nine immediately. You're not pausing. 100%. That's, that's exactly what I did last night. Yeah, it was outstanding. Yeah, big fan. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the commentary booth. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on podcast services and on YouTube. You can follow Blake on Twitter at Captain Crumbs with a Z. And you can follow me on social media at Jam Yaps Media and at Pario Magazine. The commentary booth is a fan-funded production of Jam Yaps Media. You can support the podcast alongside our magazine, Pario Magazine, on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Media. The following people supported at the community support group level or higher, and you cannot fathom how incredibly appreciative we are for their support. Brian and June Hart, Blake Robinson, Rena Renee, Courtney Paulson, Darren Hatcliffe, Jackson Carr, and Tracy Apps. <laughs>